0: Okay, hi everybody, uh, <clears throat> my name is Mark, and I'm an absent compulsive overeater, food addict. Um, I'll do a quick qualification before I start talking about my story here a little bit. Um, so when I came into this program, uh, it was April 18, 2007. Uh, I was 519 pounds when I came in this program. Uh, that was not the highest weight that I've recorded. The highest weight I recorded was 525 pounds. But when I came in the program, it was 519 pounds. Um, <clears throat> that is also my abstinence stake. So I have been abstinent um, for 15 years and what, about seven months? Something like that, yeah. Um, I will also qualify with, it's kind of a little hard when we're doing this on the phone because, I, you know, usually I'll tell you my weight my weight loss, but, but here's the thing. I don't know and have not known for 15 years and seven months how much I weigh. I weigh myself, uh, I do, um, but I basically um, do it blindly and give that number to my nutritionist and my doctor and whomever needs it in my sort of support, my physical or my um, my phys- my medical support team, I guess, if you will. Um, <clears throat> it was something on the suggestion of my nutritionist, and um, you know when she suggested that, it, it kind of threw me for a loop. But I'll be honest with you, I was like, that's okay, I don't have a problem with. Uh, not knowing what I weigh, but if you want to, ha- if you want to find out, this is my experience with this. If you want to find out how much something has power over you, take it away, right? Because as soon as we started that, I, I, I wanted to know what that number was. And and listen, I worked this program and I let that go. You know, this is a program of letting go, right? So, but <clears throat> but I have to say, it surprised me how much I wanted to know that. And and really, I don't need to know that weight. That weight. I gave a lot of power to that number on the scale. Uh, and I didn't even realize it that I had done that. Um, so anyway, um, again, I came in with a 78-inch waist. I have a 36-inch waist now. I do still have my extra skin. That doesn't just go away. It is elastic, but it is not that elastic. I don't go to that kind of weight, and uh, it snaps back. Um, so I'll just say this is my story. Some of it may resonate with you, and some may not. So, um, anyway, we'll get into it. I, I always start a little bit prenatally. Um, you know, uh, my, my father, my father's father, my mother's father uh, were alcoholics. My mother was a compulsive overeater. Um, I had lots of people in my family that were compulsive overeaters and were diabetics and had problem with weight and, and you know, going all the way back. So this, this, this dis-ease that I have, it started way before I even came in the program. and, and And again, you know, they were doing the best they could. It's up to me to stop the cycle, right? It really doesn't really have anything to do. It wasn't like it was all their fault or whatever the deal was, Um, but it was just this is what happened. And this sort of disease, it kind of started a long time ago. Um, uh, I'm going to kind of tell my story around uh, the, um, for whatever reason i'm on this kick because i love the story the freedom from bondage in the big book and i'm just you know i work my program through the big book and through all of our oa approved literature the oa 12 and 12 so i'll mention some of those pieces but for whatever reason i just sort of am on this kind of piece of that and it's one of my favorite stories so anyway we'll start off with a quote from that it's on page 544 the uh, freedom from bondage the big book it's it's uh, the fourth edition i think is where that number is anyway my drinking and for me, my eating, was a symptom of a deeper problem, a deeper trouble, right? I ate to medicate myself. I ate to escape life. I ate to avoid life. I ate to kind of numb myself, to check out, you know? You know, when I, early on in my life, there was a concept that was there, you know, that I didn't even really realize at the time, but there was a concept of me not being okay, that I was not okay, right? You know you know fear tends to fall into three three buckets, I think, for the most part, right? Not getting what I want, losing what I have, being found out. mine was being found out, and there was shame behind that driving that. So what it was always this thing of they're gonna find out, they're gonna know that I'm not good enough, right? You know and so so those were sort of my symptoms of my deeper this is the symptom of a deeper trouble. This, my food was a symptom of a deeper problem because here's the deal. Food is not my problem. Food was my answer, it just happened to be the answer that was killing me, right? And so, you know, the problem, the problem, my problem is powerlessness. The solution, a power greater than myself. How do I get that power? Through a program of action. And that, is the, that, that word action at the end is the kicker there, right? It works if I work it. Faith without works is dead. Right, you know? Um, so I am the result of the way I reacted to what happened to me as a child. That's also from freedom from bondage, right? I, that, that, when I read that, that just hit me, right? The way I reacted, you know, and I was doing the best I can. i was a kid, I didn't even know what hit me when I started this. I can't think of a time that I was not a compulsive overeater, whether I was heavy or not. Because when I was young, I look at pictures and I wasn't that heavy, but inside, inside, I was a compulsive overeater. I was a food addict, right? Everything in my life was centered all around that, all of just my cravings and everything. And and again, freedom from bondage, I remember being lonely, terrified, and hurt. And that really, that just, I just had that concept of my childhood, you know, and and not that thin, good things didn't happen, but, but what did I hold on to? It was all how I was holding on to it, you know? I went to my first pay-in-way when I was in the ninth grade and I was 200 pounds, Uh, I lost 149 pounds, or I'm sorry, I lost 50 pounds, went down to 149, you know, and and I thought everything was gonna be okay, right, and because here's the thing, I I thought if I just lose the weight, I was gonna be okay, and that that was what that whole part of I am not okay was about, right? And in some ways it was, but it wasn't the core underlying thing, it was the powerlessness, right? I sought God in food food was my God fear Right fear was my God and food was my way of sort of my replacement for that, right? You know and so so I thought everything was gonna be okay And I was gonna kind of you know, I lost this weight and I was feeling good and I was starting to kind of like You know reach toward that life that I denied myself and when life didn't go the way way I thought it should go I sucked right back into my hole Right, and I remember at that point, it's like I got very good at living with the crumbs that that I gave myself. That is how I spent my life in this disease. Right, I at that point, at that time, you know, that sort of life didn't go the way it did, what, way it was supposed to. So it validated the fact that I was not okay. And I went back, and I was I at that time, I made a decision that I was meant to be to live on the outside of life, looking in. You know, I didn't have really close friends. I didn't have, you know, uh, girlfriend, boyfriend. I didn't go to parties. I didn't do those things when I was in high school. I didn't have those things. I barely was struggling just to get by. This wasn't about anybody else. This was about me. I made that decision that I didn't belong in this world. If there's a circle and you draw a circle, you put me outside that, that circle is God's world. I put myself out there. All I had to do was step in. Right, but this is the thing. This is denial of the tr- denial of the truth leads to destruction. And I was in the middle of a lot of lies that I told myself about myself and the world around me. So it wasn't very long. I was just doing a pay and way, right? I did pay away. I, w- I really wasn't working on the real problem. So it wasn't long before I was 250 pounds. In 19- 1979 is when I weighed 200. 1982 is when I got back up to 250 pounds. By 1984, I was 175 pounds. I lost that weight, went back to a pain away, got into a little bit of, you know, exercise bulimia almost. This was right before I got into college. And, you know, and here's the thing about college. I had a place to isolate, and I had this concept in my head that I didn't measure up, and that I should know these things. They're trying to, as soon as they present a problem to me, and, you know, an educational problem to me, like, if I didn't know it, then I was sure that they're going to find out, right? That I should have known it before they taught me to. No, it's a learning. I'm supposed to learn. This is the whole point for me. You know, pain is hard, and I shun from growth, right? That's what, there's There's growth in that, right? But I was afraid to fail, so I shut down, and by the time I got out of college, I was 300 pounds. And again, coming back to the story freedom from bondage, I remember being lonely, terrified, and hurt. You know, I remember my first job in Atlanta, you know, Georgia, when I started out, and I, I you know, now I have a place to isolate and I have money, and I'd start every day, and I was supposed to, I was, I had a job where I designed things, and I was supposed to come up with something new every day, and I was terrified that they are going to find out this person they hired isn't who he said he was. I just conned my way into there, you know, and freedom from bondage has this phrase, the thing that made the willpower possible was the knowledge that as soon as the day was finished, I could drink in my case Eat, myself into oblivion. Inside though, I was scared to death. Maybe I wouldn't be able to hold on to any job. And that concept I held on to strong. So was not very long. You know, this was like nineteen ninety when I started my first job. Nineteen ninety eight, I was five hundred and twenty five pounds. Right? That that Fear fueled that I, I you know I wore a fear suit, everything coming in got distorted, everything went out, got distorted, and I just ate to deal with it right I'd close myself off i'd get home from work, I'd close all the doors, shut off all the lights i'd make my you know i'd i'd grab all my resources and I would just go into oblivion I would eat. There were times I didn't come out until the next Monday, like I'd leave on Friday, I'd go in, and I'd come out on Monday, and I'd have you been out all weekend, and the light was so bright when I went out? It was like a bat almost, you know? And so anyway, but, I, but at 525, my life was falling apart all around me, right? You know, I couldn't sustain, it was unsustainable. And so I moved back home with my parents, I stopped work to focus on my compulsive eating, thinking, hey, look, it's just if I can lose this weight, I will be okay. The definition of insanity. the same thing over and over again expecting different results and mine was through the pain way. It was also the concepts that I was bringing to it, the lifelong conceptions that I was bringing to it that I was doing over and over again expecting different results. So I lost you know in 1998 I lost a whole bunch of weight from May to December I got down to 375 pounds. It, then it's like I, I remember thinking I'm only halfway, and then all of a sudden, you know, I start working again, and I'm like, "Oh, work is getting good. This is it. Maybe this is going to save me." You know, and and that food plan, I let go of that just like I always do, and it wasn't long before I was creeping all the way back up there, we're close to we're over 400 something pounds, to the point where I I could barely walk. I couldn't buckle the seatbelt in my car. I mean, it's the same thing at 525, right? I was too big to fit in the seats at movie theaters and booths and restaurants. You know, people would invite me places, and, I'd, and I would tell them yes, and then immediately then I'd tell them no, because it was like, then I'd think, oh, my God, I'm going to be humiliated because I'm not going to fit in a chair. You know, I isolated myself terribly out of shame and the fear of humiliation. And I was really, I was unable to really administer adequate self-care, like keeping myself clean. Not an exciting thing to kind of tell about yourself, but it was honesty. And in 2001, creeping back up close to that number, I was told by three doctors that I would die if I continued doing what I was doing. I was in a hospital, my blood pressure was crazy out of control, and they were standing in front of me. And I, I remember thinking to myself that I needed to, I needed, I, I needed to understand what they were, I, that in other words, I needed to be afraid of what they were telling me. But I I was afraid, but not of the death part. I was afraid of what they were asking me to do, to give up my friend, to give up my higher power. I had no concept of what my life could be like without that. And the other thing is, is I was totally afraid about the fact that they knew that I was bad, that I was broken, that I was this person that just couldn't even just control his eating, right? So, but the important thing out of that is they gave me a food plan. I said I was going to do it. And here's the important thing. It doesn't sound important when I tell you. A month after that, I was in a hotel room off of that food plan, eating enough food for like 10 or 12 people until I couldn't even walk. But what was important about that for the first time in my life, for the first time in my life, I said, I can't do this by myself. I think that was the first time God came into my life or the first time I listened, let's put it that way. Right? The feelings of futility, loneliness, and a lack of purpose that had come with a deep sense of personal failure. That's from freedom from bondage. So a year after that, I found myself. I, I I got into this program the best way I could. Right? I, I just I basically didn't know what I do. I got myself a therapist. We we decided to send me myself to treatment. The beautiful thing is, is I ended up. God brought me to a place that really felt that the twelve steps were important, and they were. This was it. And so when I was in that treatment center, I had to go to a meeting every day, and I was there for two and a half months. But here's the thing. Look, I checked into that treatment center April 18, 2007, but here's the the thing that was the most important, that I was desperate. I had the gift of desperation. I was 519 pounds. Again, my life was falling apart around me. That period of time from February till I got into that treatment center, I went on the largest binge I had ever been on. I'd done things I hadn't done before, like driving around and buying some fast food stuff and driving around till I ate it and going to another one and then, doing oh that. Thank you very much, but the, the beautiful thing is is I was desperate when I came in and I was and and I came into my first meeting Not even knowing it which was a great way for me to come in and I came in and it was a meeting with 60 people And they said oh, there aren't any newcomers and here's a guy that isolated himself for so long And 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 I said yeah, hi i'm mark and they said hi mark 60 people saying that Healed me in a lot of ways and then I started this program I got a sponsor. I got a nutritionist, by the way, um, that got this disease, and I and I have a plan of eating that includes my alcoholic foods, and I have structure, which was important for me because for me, you know, my my portion control was whatever I can get my hands on. To be honest with you. Right. And so, <clears throat> and so uh, I got a sponsor. I start working these steps. I also, I'm a, I'm a multiple winner. Uh, I'm in multiple programs. So I worked these steps. And when I got out of treatment, I started on other programs that worked those steps. So I probably worked step one three or four times, really, within a period of like half a year, which is a great way for me to do it. This step one, two, three, and doing that one after another. You know, this, we must have from all foods and eating behaviors that cause us to eat compulsively, that was huge for me, I didn't even know I was doing it, but that's what happened, and for whatever reason, it was very different this time, because I was doing that. You know, the second thing was, is, is, is in our OA, 12 step, our OA 12 and 12, step one, an honest look at our lives. I, for the first time in my life, wrote my story. First time I ever looked at it. You know, grasping and developing a manner of living that requires rigorous honesty is so hugely important in this program and it's more important than I even thought when I first heard that you know because it's about it's not only about me lying to other people it's about me lying to myself it's about me being in denial it's about my my rational lies rationalized rational lies that I tell my store self so to get off the hook to escape to kind of make my life easier i mean really at the end of the day, I always tried to 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 have that 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 uh that easy way, that easier, softer way, but there's not. Pick your hard, right? You know, it's either short-term gain for long-term pain or short-term pain for long-term gain, right? I lived a long life of short-term gain for long-term pain. You know, pain is inevitable. Suffering is optional. I just suffered for a very long time, and I got to stop that because I came in this program. I got a chance to do that. And I do it by just each day just surrendering to it, not that I'm perfect, right? You know, recovery is about learning you have a choice. That's for me, that I can choose to be hopeful rather than hopeless. I can choose to act from faith rather than react from fear. And I can choose to enjoy life rather than merely survive it. I didn't save this life to not have a life. But I'll tell you, somebody that didn't have a life for a long time, Having one come on, and you know, going from one cylinder firing off to four cylinders firing off with career and friends, and you know, I just, I, I have a fiance. I mean, how I got to tell you, some of that life is bright, and it's hard, and that's why I need this program. You know, this is a program. This is a, a plan. Uh, this is a a, uh, a program that works in rough going. It's a design for living that works in rough going. You know. I lost my father in the middle of this disease. I lost my, my sponsor seven years after that. I lost a sponsee in between that period of time to cancer. Uh, I lost my mom. I got engaged. All of that stuff. I, I had this program and I didn't need over it, which meant I got a chance. And I also had a program that taught how to trust God, clean house, and help others. In a nutshell, that's the program trust God, clean house, help others. If I do that every day, if I keep coming back to that, that is what's most important for me. This program to me is one of complete sobriety. I no longer need to escape reality. Right, but for the only problems I have now, this is also from Freedom from Money, but that one I just read in this one. For the only problems I have now are those I create when I break out in a rash of self-will. My basic problem was a spiritual hunger. This program has shown me that that's the truth, right? And I don't have to be perfect, I just have to keep coming back every day. That is what my tenth step work is for. That is what my 11-step work is for. That is what my 12-step work is for. When I'm working with somebody else, I keep coming back to it. When I'm doing step 11 and I'm prayer and, praying and meditating, number one, I'm clearing space for God to enter in with my meditation. I have a monkey mind that's up there and it was built to protect me, but it also keeps me in my disease. And with all that chatter up there, there's no room for God. So I have a step 11 to come back to, to clear that out and make space for God to come in. And so so really, that's it. And step 10, I come back to that every day to clean house and keep those channels open so I can hear God, so I can be aligned to God. So anyway, thank you very much for allowing me to share. So grateful I had this opportunity.